Good morning. Today's daf in Nazir is Lamed. We're starting on Chav Tesamid Beis. We are starting with the words Lema Hanin Tanai Kehani Tanai. And Yerush um, Hashem, we're going to wrap up today the uh, the fourth parak of the Masechta. Uh, up until now, so uh, we learned a fascinating halacha yesterday. Uh, seemingly a halacha based on Chinuch, although that's open uh, for debate, subject to a debate. Uh, the Mishnah taught us yesterday that the Hishmadir is Beno, that a father can impose his son to be a, a Nazir. So when exactly is that? So hold, hold that thought for just a moment. L'chorah, that's when he's a cotton, but when the child is a cotton. But in a moment, we're going to clarify that point, or not clarify, but but speak out of Machlokus. But anyway, but a father can impose a Nazir on his son. So how is that working? Meaning, uh, what, through what mechanism is that working? So yesterday's staff was dedicated primarily to a Machlokus, between Rav Yochan and Rish Lakish. According to Rav Yochan, and it operates through Halach Moshe Messinai. Right, uh, Rav Yochanan, a number of times in Amasechta, invokes the idea of Halach Moshe Messinai. In other words, there's no, there's no Pasuk in the Torah, it's just simply, it's Masora. Uh, Moshe, through his transmission, when Akash Baruch Hu transmitted the Torah from, uh, for the, um, when Akash Baruch Hu transmitted the Torah to, uh, to Moshe at Sinai, so, uh, a number of Halachas, most of the Halachas are in the Torah, but a number of the Halachas are not. Uh, but still, just as binding. In fact, uh, the, uh, it's, 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 uh, it, 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 it basically is on the level of a daraisa. Um, there, are, there are no onshim, uh, right, for halachal moshmi right? That seems to be the simple shot of the Gemara. But meanwhile, it's halachal moshmi sinai. That's the that's the sheet of Rav Yochanan. And uh, Reish Lakish disagreed. Reish Lakish says it's not halachal moshmi sinai. It operates through chinuch. In other words, we we know that there's a din to rabban and chinuch that the father has to be mechanech his son. So here it's no different. In other words, it simply operates through chinuch. Okay. And what we did yesterday is that we went back and forth. Which of these two positions seems to be a more defensible position, uh, right? Uh, if you if you held up if you, if you kept score yesterday, so uh, time after time the Gemara had, found itself having to defend Reish Lakish, meaning Rav Yochanan really is a more mistaber position, uh, considering the fact that there's so many anomalies that exist within the halacha. The best way to explain is halacha Moshe Sinai. Okay, but the Gemara did spend a lot of time defending uh, Reish Lakish. That was yesterday's daf in principle. The last thing that we went over in, in yesterday's daf is uh, father can be madir son until until what age? So we saw yesterday it's a machlokis machlokis tanaim. What the gemara attempted to do yesterday is take that machlokis tanaim and try to fit it into the machlokis between Rav Yochanan and Lakish. The gemara says don't try. I mean try it, but it doesn't work. It didn't uh, didn't work out. But anyway, what is that machlokis? So that we saw yesterday as a brisa. The brisa brings down until what point in time? So Rebbe says shteisaros. In other words, adulthood. What you and I call bar mitzvah. Okay, so bar mitzvah, when, it, when, is, the, when is the child chayv in mitzvahs? So when he turns 13, I say that. Truth of the matter is, 13 is one prerequisite. The other one is uh, physical maturation. Shtei sa'aras. So, uh, but once you get to those two points of shtei sa'aras and, and, and you'd, go, you'd give moshanim, so now you're a gadol. And according to Rabbi, exactly. So, uh, so up until 13 years of age, I'm going to call it 13 years of age, but that's really an oversimplification. It's, it's yud gimel shanim and it's Shay Cyrus. But, uh, well, for, for our purposes, we'll just simply call it 13. So at 13 years of age, so up until 13 years of age, father can be Madhya's son. After 13 years of age, father no longer can be Madhya's son. So that is the sheet of Rebbe. And on the other side of that is Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda is of the position, Onas Devarim. I made the same mistake yesterday that I just made right now. Fantastic. Okay, not Onas Devarim. Okay, good. So, on, uh, Onas Nadarim. So, Onas Nadarim, so that is a year before Bar Mitzvah. For a boy, a year before Bar Mitzvah for a girl. And the halach is as follows. That, 
uh, when uh, you get to 12 years of age. I'm right now, I'm just talking about a boy. When you get to 12 years of age, so now you can make a neder. That's what's called onus nedarim. Onus nedarim, by the way, the, uh, that which uh, came out of my mouth, slipped out of my mouth. So that is verbal abuse. Uh, when <laughs> That's not, nothing to do with our discussion over here. Okay, whatever. So the, uh, but anyway, so onus nedarim, so this period, right, the, uh, the word ona with an ayin. So uh, this period where you can make an adder, so that is an additional year in which uh, in, in which uh, the Torah gives you a, a right to make an adder, even though you're not a bar mitzvah. Now I just said because I'm, I'm I'm listening to myself trying, so I just said the Torah gives the right. That also is subject to a debate. Meaning this onus onus nedarim is it a din is it a din derabanan? So we saw at the end of yesterday's daf that's not pasha, that's not that's not agreed to. It's a machlokus. Fine. Anyway, what comes out over here is that the according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, onas nadarim, meaning that up until twelve, father can go ahead and can be madir's son uh, from twelve and upwards, even though he's not a bar mitzvah. But since he since he has the right to make his own nadarim, so father no longer has the right to impose nadarim on his son. Good. So it's a machlokus uh, amongst the Tanaim exactly what is the threshold of the father being able to be madir's son. That is all just a review of what we did yesterday, and let's begin. Lemahani tanai kihani tanai. Okay, so we just went over the machlokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda, and the Gemara says, you know what I think it does? I think it fits into the following, uh, into the following brisa. Let us learn a brisa together. Detanya ma'isa Rebbe Chanina shehidiravid benazir. Rebbe Chanina, who was a child, and his father imposed nazirus upon him. Veheviul of lifnei Rebbe Gamliel and brought him to uh, Rebbe Gamliel. Okay, when, uh, whenever you hear Rebbe Gamliel in the Gemara, so there are a number of Rebbe Gamliels, right? Uh, the, uh, so which Rebbe Gamliel are we talking about historically? It is a, it's, it, it, it's a fair question. Ostensibly, it has to be one of the Rebbe Gamliels who lived Bizman Beis Amikdash, right? Because in a moment, we're going to be talking about Karbanos. That really makes the most sense anyway. So, and Rebbe Gamliel did a bedika. He did an examination. Hold that thought. Emphasize, uh, put emphasis on that. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. And exactly what the Badika was for? Well, it depends who you're asking. If you're asking Rabbi, the Badika was to know about physical maturation, because according to Rabbi, that's the threshold. The cutoff line of when the father can impose his son his son is only up until 13 years of age. According to Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda, the Bidika was Onas Nadarim, whether or not he arrived at 12 years of age. In other words, it was basically an examination of when he was born and whether or not he turned 12 or not. Okay, because it, according to Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda, that's the threshold. So, Amrullah, Rabbi Altitzar, Labot Keni, and the child now saying, this is Rabbi Hanina as a child. So the child now saying, Altitzar, Labot Keni, don't bother. Uh, right, no bedik is necessary. So im katanani and yebishvel abba vim gadani yebishvel atzmi. He said, "Look, either way, uh, in other words, whether or not the father had jurisdiction over me at the time and could have imposed nazirus upon me at the time, so then I'll be a nazir. And if I'm an adult, so then I'll be a nazir on my own. Meaning, whichever side I am on the threshold, I'm going to be a nazir either way." So Amr Rabbi Gamliel and Ashkel Roshav Yamar. So Rabbi Gamliel kissed him on his head and he said, "Muftach ani bezeh shemora halacha b'isa." So I know he's going to be a mora halacha. In other words, uh, right at this age of his life, where whether he's twelve or whether he's thirteen, so that's a lot of maturity, and on top of that, it's a lot of understanding of halacha and how halacha works. 
And Rami Gamliel says, I'm sure that he's going to be a Mar Halachi, he's going to be a Posik. Amr Loya, Yami Muatim, Ashaharu, Rabbi Yisam, Rabbi Hanina was in fact a Posik, as Rami Gamliel himself, um, himself said, uh, predicted that he would be. Good. So anyway, but, right? Right? So the, um, so, so what comes out now is that this machlok, as we just saw, is the mach, uh, of, of when exactly is that threshold, when's the cutoff point of when the father could be mad to the son. So we just saw it's machlok between Rebbe and Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda. So Bishlam, Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda, Damar, Achi, Gelonas, Nedarim, Hainu, Dekamrim, Katanani, Yebishal, Abba. And, uh, so the, so, uh, so I certainly understand, meaning, as the story was just reported to us, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda makes a lot more sense. Because what did he say? What did Rabbi Hanina said? He said that if I'm a katan, so I'll be Bishwa Abba for my father. But Ella, Rabbi Damar, But according to Rabbi, where the threshold, the cutoff point is going to be godless. So then the Gemara says, so if that's true, so I need to think about it. I need to wrap my head around it. So ha, Bishwa Sedavu Akai. So the, um, according to Rabbi, um, so the, uh, right, Accor- according to Rebbe, so the, um, ah, okay, an, an important point over here, right, the, the, right. The, the, I, I struggled a lot with this Gemara in terms of preparation. What Tosis points out right now is that the Gemara's assumption is, is that the, uh, that, that, that Rebbe Hanina at the time was somewhere on the threshold of being be under 12 and over 12, meaning what you and I call Onas Nadarim. And what the Gemara says is that assuming, right, it's a funny assumption. And, and, and Tosos goes through why exactly the Gemara assumed that. So, but the Gemara assumed going into the story that, of course, where was he in, in terms of his, in terms of his age? Somewhere between 12 and 13, right? In other words, either, either, I'm sorry, somewhere around the age of 12, either, either directly below the age of 12 or above the age of 12. And what the Gemara with that assumption, meaning, that, admittedly, it's an assumption. And in just a moment, the Gemara is going to change the assumption. But with that assumption, basically what the Gemara is saying is, ah, oh, the story works out well according to Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yehuda. Because according to him, the threshold is exactly that point in time. But Allah, but according to, and I'm just now rereading the last line of Chavtet Samad Beis, Allah le Rebbe Damar Shiavishtei Saros Im Gadol Aniyah Yevishalatzmi So Haber Shosei Davu Akayim But according to Rebbe, so remember now, in the assumption Right, the at most he's twelve years of age in in the Havamina. So if at most he's twelve years of age, according to Rebbe, so whose jurisdiction is he under? He's under the father's jurisdiction. So according to Rebbe, how does the story make sense? So Elo Amar Abba So the so so the so the so what the Gemara does is the Gemara changes the assumption. The Gemara basically <coughs> says no. In other words, right, the, the it's a false assumption, meaning that according to Rebbe, his understanding is. Is that he was not at the threshold between being under or over twelve, but he was at the threshold of being under or over thirteen. Meaning the Gemara just simply changes the assumption. And Tosos goes through a, a little bit over here why the Gemara thought that originally. Okay. Anyway. If he breaks it to zero, he doesn't have to. Not bar mitzvah, which is deraisa. He would have to bring a korban. But if he if he's rabbanon, like the rabbis are saying, he was twelve. If he breaks it to zeros. Right, he's not. He's, he, presumably, you're correct. Okay, um, fine. So, what comes out over here? Um, okay, so what comes out over here is that uh, basically now the we have just 
review the machlokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Yosef and Rebbe Yehuda. We just did so in the course of a story with Rebbe Chanina. But what comes out is, again, same, same, same point. When can the father be mad son? So according to Rebbe, up until 13. According to Rebbe Yosef and Rebbe Yehuda, up until 12. Okay. V'i, I says, Shei Saros Meikara, Kaim Benazir's delay. Lebesov, Kaim Benazir's Davua. V'i, I said, B'mitzia, Mai. So the Gemara says, now, let's consider the following. Okay? Uh, the Gemara just is spending one more moment analyzing and pinpointing uh, the story. Uh, in the story, so what happened? So what his response was, Miman of Shach, meaning I, I got this covered. Right? Rabbi Hanina talking as a child. I have it covered. Because if I'm fact within the jurisdiction of my father, I'm going to be a Nazir because he imposed it on me. And if I'm, if I'm an adult, meaning adult, meaning just simply I'm beyond the jurisdiction of my father, so I'll be a Nazir on my own. Good. That was, that was the child's response. All well and good. The Gemara says, now, in that response, it works out better, a little bit better, or a lot better, according to Rav Yosef, Rav Yehuda. Because where's the threshold? 12. Now, below 12, below the age of 12, he can't make his own nether. Above 12, he can't make his nether, despite the fact that he's not a gadol. Good. So, and, and he said, look, wherever we are, I'm going to be a Nazir. Either else my father or else me. That's according to Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda. According to Rebbe, it gets a little bit trickier, right? Consider. According to Rebbe, let's say he's right on the cusp. Now, according to Rebbe, the cusp is bar mitzvah. And he's, let's say, just, just for argument's sake, he's 15 days shy of being a bar mitzvah. Okay. Now, if he said to uh, Rebbe Gamliel, young Rebbe Hanina, now just at the threshold of his bar mitzvah, if he says, look, if I'm under the jurisdiction of my father, I'm going to be an Azirat to my father. If I'm under my own jurisdiction, so then I'm, I'll do it for myself. Okay, but in other words, but he's going to be an Azir minimum 30 days. So minimum 30 days. So what happens now when the bar mitzvah cuts right into the 30 days? That's the Gemara's question. Now, according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehud, it's not such a big deal. Because what's going to cut right into the into the Nazirus? Nothing. Meaning, below 12 and above 12, nothing changed regarding his status of being a gadol. He's still a katan. Granted that at 12 years of age, the father no longer can impose, but he's still a katan. But according to Rebbe, where the threshold, the marker is going to be bar mitzvah, what happens if that 30 days cuts right into his nazirus? So that's the Gemara makes exactly that point. So the Gemara asks exactly that question. So according to Rebbe, what if that nazirus, which he's trying to do, whichever position, uh, who's ever the one imposing upon him, but what if it cuts right into the middle? So So the Gemara says, okay, according to Rebbe, the solution is going to be only one solution, which is do 30 and do 30, meaning that, look, he's trying to cover both bases, but the according to Rebbe, the threshold is bar mitzvah, so therefore, in order to assure that he's going to be doing a proper nazir, and he's trying to cover both bases, do 30 and do another 30. 30 on the on, on the chance that really it was the father's imposition, and 30 on the chance that it really is his own imposition. Either way. But he's got to do 30 plus 30 in order to cover his bases. Okay. I kind of takes us to the end of the, the I'd say yesterday's stuff. Regardless, it's basically the end of the sugya, and here we are now beginning the last sugya of our parak. Just as a quick recap, there are two machloksim that we've covered uh, since yesterday. Number one, uh, the machlokis of, well, first of all, the fact that a father can impose Naziris on his son. So that's the Mishnah. 
How does that work? So a lengthy discussion between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish, whether that's just simply Halach Lamoshim Misinai, that's Rav Yochanan. Alternatively, it is a, um, it, it is Chinuch. It's, it's operating through Chinuch. That's number one. Number two. Uh, number two is going to be a, um, a machlokas between Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, in terms of when is the threshold. Father can be mad or son while he is a minor. When is that? So that's another machlokas that we saw. The Gemara tried to interconnect the two machlokasim, <coughs> line them up. Gemara says, don't, don't, you can try, but it doesn't work. But meanwhile, the second machlokas is whether the threshold, the cutoff point is going to be a bar mitzvah or it's going to be a year earlier at 12. Rabbi says bar mitzvah. And Rav Yosef, Rav Yudas says 12. Ha'ish megalech al nezirus aviv, ha'ish megalachas al nezirus aviha. Okay, so here we are now with one more halacha, carry over from father to son, and that's going to be using dad's money. Okay, generally speaking, in fact, just a couple of days ago, we made this point extraordinarily clear. And that is, is that if your father set aside a carbon, and we're not talking about a nadu, we're not talking about a nadava, we're talking about a carbon chov, an ob- uh, obligatory carbon. So if the father sets it aside, so you can't use a carbon. Father set aside a carbon chatas, and he died before the uh, before the carbon's brought. And now let's say you could use a carbon chatas, right? Uh, it happens to be that you did something that would uh, require you to bring a carbon chatas. You can't use dad's carbon chatas, meaning that carbon chatas is for him. Al chataso, right? The Gemara darshan just a couple of days ago. Al chataso, it has to be for him. And uh, in other words, you you have to be the owner of the carbon, and nobody can be using anyone else's carbonus. Good. That's the that's a starting point. Now, with that as a starting point, now we have our Mishnah. What did we just learn in our Mishnah? I'm going to reread the first lines of the Mishnah. Ha'ish megalech al aviv, So what the son could do is it could be megalech using his father's carbonus. Okay. So to illustrate, I mean, the Mishnah is going to illustrate. So. Uh, I, the mission is going to do the work for me. All I have to do is just read and translate. Kate said, "So Misha ya aviv nizirim." So let's say that he and his father were both a nazir, and and the point is is that the son was a nazir while his father was alive. And then what dad did is dad left money over for his own naziros, and then Rachmanus amais, and the father died, not having an opportunity to take that money and use it for the kabanos. So I'm Rav Yosi Hare Elu Yipulunadava. So according to Rav Yosi, so that money is Yipulunadava, meaning that's Maustumim. What do we learn in the course of this parak? That Maustumim, that unspecified money, is going to go to the Dava. The Ainza Megalech on the Zeros of it. And that's not going to be a case where you're Megalech on the Zeros of it. Now, where exactly the Chachamim stand on this issue? We don't, we're not sure at this point in time. In a moment, we're going to clarify. But, what we do know, however, is that in the case where uh, the father set aside monies and the monies were not used, and now the son wants to be a Nazir to use dad's monies, that you're allowed to do. However, in the case where uh, the son and the father were both a Nazir, and the son was a Nazir in the lifetime of his father, and the father set aside money, and now the son wants to use that money, so Rav Yossi says in such a case, the son is not allowed to use that money. on the So, So, on the zero saviv. So according to Rabbi Yossi, the case of where a son could use dad's money is going to be when dad set himself to, uh, up to be a Nazir, set aside the money, dad dies, and now the money in a state of unspecified, stumim, is now going to be passed over to the son. 
right? And you and I will call that Yerusha, right? In a moment, I'm gonna, I, I may, I may take that back just a little bit, but you and I would call that Yerusha. So now that the son has inherited that money, so that money now could be used by the son for the son's own Nazirus. Good. Adkan. Uh, so what we have in the Gemara right now is Allah that we learned in our Mishnah regarding the son's ability to use dad's money. Okay? And then the, the question is, what exactly is the case where he can and what exactly is the case that he can't? So the Mishnah expressed to us the Shita of Rabbi Yossi in terms of a case where he can't and a case where he can. To reiterate, if they're both Nazirim at the same time, and really what's, what's critical over here is that the son is a Nazir while dad is alive, and dad also decides to be a Nazir at that time, and now dad sets aside money, that money cannot be used by the son. Um, in the case, however, where dad sets aside money, dad dies, not using the money, speci- earmarking the money for Nazirus, not specifying which money is going to go towards what. So then the son can take those mostumim first, right, this is after the death of the father, first declare himself to be a Nazir, then he's able to conclude Nazirus using dad's money. Good. That would be a case where he can use the money of his father. Now, Mike. Just the opposite. Okay. Is it well, just the opposite? Well, no. No. The way I presented the Mishnah is Pshat in the Mishnah. Okay. In other words, what, what's confusing <laughs> is that Rev. Yo, it, w- there seems to be an anonymous Tanakama position, which the Gemara never clarified. Okay. But no. The, uh, the, the, what I just said is Pshat in the Mishnah. That's Rev. Yosin. Okay. So, my time. Um, so, the Gemara says, what's the reason? Now, there's a lot of information given to us in the Mishnah. So when the Gemara says, my time, my time is going on what? Tosa says that what it's going on is that why are we going to distinguish, differentiate between uh, the son using dad's money as opposed to the daughter using dad's money? Meaning, dad became a Nazir. Dad set aside money for his Naziris. Dad then died. So now what do we learn in the Mishnah? Only the son can use that money for the son's Naziris that he accepted subsequently, but the daughter cannot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's the Gemara's question. So my time is, so the Gemara says, so what's the reason? So I'm Rav Yochanan, Halachi Ibn Azir. Okay, at this point in time, right, this is, I, I hope I hope my count is correct, the third time in our parak that Rav Yochanan says, Halachal Moshim meaning that's just simply part of the tradition. The Messiah that we have it is that the, the Halach only applies in this case and not in that case. Meaning, and really, the Halakha Moshe Messinai is there for two points. Number one is that the son can go ahead and use his father's money. Meaning, again, in the world of Karbanos, that's not normal. That's not the baseline. The baseline is, is that Karbanos are tailor-made for the individual. And nobody can go ahead now and just simply take monies of, uh, that were set aside by one person and use it by another. And I understand over here, you're not just anybody else. You're the son. That's great. You're the son. You're not the principal. You're not the one who set aside the money. And normally in the world of Karbanas, especially, right, especially, let's consider that that some of that money, a third of that money is going to go towards the Karban Chatas. And by Karban Chatas, Karban Chatas has to be is specifically individualized and possessive to the owner. And over here, somebody else now is able to use the money. So that's a Chiddush. So the Halach Lamoshim Misina is giving us that. And Halach Lamoshim Misina is carving out when does the Chiddush apply and when does it not apply. It applies only to the son. It doesn't apply to the daughter. So the Gemara says, Pshita. So so the Gemara says, now I think it's obvious, right? It, it's so funny, by the way. The Gemara just really just went, is, is swinging back and forth. First, the Gemara says, my time, what's the reason why? Meaning, where is this coming from? And then the Gemara says, Pasha, it's obvious. 
But presumably, once we limit it to the son, not the daughter, now the Gemara is saying, well, wait one second. Now that we're limiting it to the son, not the daughter, oh, I figured it out. Meaning, what is it? What are we looking at right now? It's called Yerusha. Uh, if this is all a function of Yerusha, so we know that the son is Yerush and the, and the daughter is not Yerush. So the Ben Yerush is Aviv Ubaslo. So the Gemara says, so good. So if this is operating through Yerusha, so then what's the Chiddush over here? But you probably already figured out the answer. The Gemara spells it out. So Kamash Malan Halacha. So the Gemara, to that, the Gemara's response is very simple. And that is, is that, well, if this is a Din Yerusha, so we do say that the son is Yerusha, not the daughter. But that's only when there's a son. We all know the halacha is, is that when there's no son, so the daughter's Yerush. So if this is operating through Yerusha, so then we can easily come up with a scenario in which the daughter could take the unspecified money of the father and use it and apply it to her, or to her own Nazirus. Ah, if this is Yerusha. Ah, so that's what Rav is coming to teach us. No, it's not Yerusha. It's halacha l'moshim Sinai. Okay, it looks like Yerusha, but it's not. It's halach l'moshim Sinai. And that's why it's only, only limited to the son and not to the daughter. We're both we're both right. I, I, I love it. I love it. Meaning the father set aside the money, but not earmarking which money is going to go to which carbon. Maustumim just simply means that I'm pooling together money for the carbonos, but not identifying which money is going towards which carbonos. The three carbonos. So, but if he did, she would be. If no, if he specified, mm-hmm. so then nobody can use that money. We're right, correct, because because of that money's. So now that the, the money for the chatzos has been specified as chatzos money, and that for sure cannot be used by anybody else. Okay, that's an excellent clarification. So So okay, good. So now in the Mishnah, the Mishnah Ketsa, the Mishnah it, it, it gave clear demonstration of when it works and when it doesn't work. Good, and the Mishnah kept repeating this. This is the position of Rabbi Yossi. Right, so the um, the uh, so if this is the position of Rabbi Yossi, so it begs the question, which the Gemara now is asking: Is there an anonymous Tanakama? Right? Is is Rabbi Yossi arguing with somebody? Right? You hear that in the Mishnah when the Mishnah says "Amar Rabbi Yossi." Rabbi Yossi says, as if to say, "There's another opinion in the matter." Okay, but read the Mishnah again; you're not going to find the other opinion. So there is it, it intimates in the Mishnah that there's another opinion, but it doesn't articulate. So what do we do? That's the Gemara's question. So pligi rabbanala de rabbiosi or lo pligi? Okay, good. So question number one is rabbiosi espousing a position which is disputed or undisputed? Intim salomar pligi aresha oasefa. And now, if there is a position of disputation, oh, I sound smart today. Okay, the um, far from it, but the uh, if somebody's arguing with with rabbiosi, so on what point are they, are they arguing? Meaning, remember, Rabbi Yossi highlighted when it works and when it doesn't work. When does it work? When the son's a Nazir, subsequent to the death of the father. When doesn't it work? When father and son are a Nazir together. Right? The son t- takes on his years in the lifetime of his father. So that's when it doesn't work. So if there's somebody who argues with Rabbi Yossi, are they arguing on point A or point B? And by the way, there's another option as well. Could, right, could be that they're arguing on both. So Tashma. Okay, so the Gemara says, good. So our Mishnah is not giving us another uh, enough information. And so what do we do? What well, we always do. Well, when, when available, and that's we'll turn to our Brysa, right? Brysa is obviously our supplemental 
supplemental uh, Tanaitic works, uh, principally the Brises, were, were edited by Rabbi Chia, although not limited to Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Oshia also has a series of Brises that's called Tosefta. Anyway, so we have an assortment of Brises. So we're going to, Gemara over here is going to use a Brises to help us, uh, to help us, uh, get to the bottom. So Kate said Amru, Aish Magalech and Azir Saviv. Okay, so here in the Brisa now, uh, an example of when a son can use the money of his father. Misha Yaviv Nazir Vihifish Aviv Maus and Azir Sa Umais. Amar Harini Nazir Amnasha Egalech Amaus Abba. So Zerusha Magalech Amaus Aviv. Okay, so what we just did, textbook, uh, textbook scenario where father set aside the money. Again, the monies aren't specified. Father died. And then after the death of the father, the son says, okay, I'm going to commit now to becoming a Nazir. And I'm going to use dad's money. Good. But what do I do now if the father and son are both Nazirim at the same time? Meaning the son took on Nazirus while his father was alive and his father was also a Nazir. So now the, the son cannot use the monies of his father. Okay, good. And by the way, in other words, if, if we're going to try to make sense out of it, I'm sorry, before, before I try to make sense out of it. So, so, uh, okay, hopefully all this should sound familiar because we just reviewed in the Bryce of the position of Rebiosi, which if you go back to the Mishnah, it's a perfect match. This is exactly the position of Rebiosi in our Mishnah. That part's perfect. That's not why we're calling the Bryce. We're calling the Bryce because of the next part of the Bryce, but before doing so. So, I, to a certain degree, I understand. Meaning, that if the father and the son are both Nazirim, and the father set aside the money, so what the son cannot do is the son cannot now recycle that money because the son had his own obligation at that point in time to set aside money for his Naziris. So to a certain degree, I get it that the son cannot recycle that money only in a scenario where the father set aside money for, for the father's Naziris, the father died, and now the son is going to pick it up. So now I understand under those circumstances and only under those circumstances can the son now use the father's money. Fine. It's, it's a fair question. I don't know. and I'd be guessing and I'd, I'd rather not. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Amru, Zeusha Megaleach, Amos Aviv, and they say no, that the uh, when the son is a Nazir, concurrently with his father, so the son was a Nazir while the father was alive and the father was also a Nazir. That would be a case, Shemagalech Amos Aviv, where the son now could take the father's money and use it for his own Nazirus. Oh. So in the Bryce, we got a little more clarity. First of all, to the question of, is anyone arguing with Rev Yossi? So we could say definitively yes. That, that part we got clear, right? And, and not just anybody, but in, in, our, in our Gemara with our Girsa, it's three Tanaim, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Huda. Okay. Good. So that is number one. Now, we also know, now we can say with clarity, that they're certainly arguing on the case of concurrent Nazirus. When dad and son are both Nazirus, dad set aside money, dad died, uh, the monies were unspecified. The son, in that case, according to these three Tanaim, can now take and use that money. Okay, now, by Rabbam. Um, sorry, uh, period. Okay, so uh, what comes out over here from, sorry, period. So what comes out from this price is, is that we definitively pointed out that yes, there are those who argue with Rav Yossi, and, 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 and really what they're arguing out is the case of concurrency. 
in concurrent Naziris, father and son are both Nazirim, and then the father set aside money and the father died. In that case, we know Raviosi's position. Son cannot use that money. That money is going to go to Nadava. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, the son is allowed to use that money. Okay. Presumably, okay, that Atkan, that's where the Gemara ends. Now, presumably, and, and this is now my, my suggestion, and I may, I, I may, I may be right. In other words, uh, what about the, what about the other case? What about where, uh, the son only became an Azir after the death of the father? What would the other Tanaim say in such a scenario? Presumably in that scenario, they would say that the son could recycle the money. But again, we know that they argue with Rabiosi. Maybe they argue in that case as well. That's what, that's what I'm going to leave open-ended. I'm not sure how to fill in that box, according to Reb Meir, Reb Yehud, and Reb Eliezer. Okay. Uh, I'd kind of, we're, almost, we're almost done with the, uh, with the daf, with the Perik uh, by Rabbah. However, a couple questions to end off, more than a couple. Right, uh, the um, five questions. Yeah, let's call it five. Eh, okay. Anyway, a number of questions to ask before we conclude with the parak number one by Rabba Yeshlosh Nebanim Nazirim Mahu Hilchza Gemirlan called the Kadim Kadim Galach Galach Odilma Yerusha Gemirlan Upagahave. So the Gemara says number one. Uh, let's go to a scenario where we know definitively that the son can go ahead and use dad's money. That would be when dad was a Nazir. Dad died. Dad left money, and now he not only left money, but he left, he was survived by two sons. Okay? Nice and simple question. So now exactly, how is this going to work? Meaning that we know that one son can go ahead and become a Nazir, use dad's money. Okay, good. That we know. Uh, what is open now for, the fo- for, for a discussion is the following. What if dad left two sons? And there's only enough money for one series of carbonos. Enough money to buy three animals, but that's it. So now, are we going to say whoever gets there first is going to be able to take that money and use it? Or do we say no, that the kids are going to go ahead and split that money? Meaning, I know the Gemara just moments earlier in today's daf said it's not Yerusha, but maybe it behaves like Yerusha. Maybe the money's going to get split. So that's question number one. Are we assuming that both sons declared their Nizirah at the same time? Let's assume. Does it matter if one was... Okay, good. So you're, you're, you're putting more questions on the Gemara's question. right? I'm just right now presenting... The, the Gemara's question, in, in a moment, as you'll see, the Gemara is not even going to answer that question. So, <laughs> you, your, your, your follow-up is good, just, I'm not going to know. So, the Gemara says, okay, now we can follow up with another question, which, uh, you write this one, we all saw coming. And that is, is that what if he leaves two sons, and one of them is a Bechor, and so he's going to get Pishtayim. So, Um... The, um... So on one hand, so this is halach l'moshem Sinai, and therefore we don't treat it like Yerusha at all, and the oldest son is not going to get pishnaim, he's not going to get two X of that money. So the, uh, uh, alternatively, no. Meaning, even though it's not Yerusha, it behaves like Yerusha. And if it behaves like Yerusha, we know that the oldest is going to get pishnaim. The Bechor gets to two X of the, of the Yerusha, so he'll get two X of that money. And in Tim Salama Yerusha, he, lefum deshaka magaleach, um, Bechulin, who the Isle Pishnaim. So Avabehektesh, Lo, Odilma Kevin de Kanale Legiloch Loshna. And even if you want to say that this behaves like Arusha, but maybe not in this scenario over here. Because what do we know that the son gets Pishnaim P the Gemara uh, the, the son gets Pishnaim of of the estate? But estate is right, in other words, what qualifies as estate? 
So obviously anything which is not consecrated qualifies as a state. That part's easy. But over here, we're talking about monies that are already designated for a carbon. Again, they're unspecified, but who cares they're unspecified? That money is hectish money. So that is basically money that's held. I'm just giving an example. It's money held in an escrow. So it's not, it's not, it's not the father's money. It's the father's money that, that he now set aside for a carbon. And so, right, to call that now estate money, I don't know. The Gemara says maybe that's not estate money. Maybe that's separate money. That's a different line item. And maybe the, maybe even if it behaved like Yerusha, but still, we're not going to give the, the oldest son peach time of that. Okay. So, I, I, that was a, another question. I guess we'll call that, I don't know, the third question, the second question. You're right. You see, I'm, I'm struggling in terms of counting the number of questions. And finally, Aviv Nazir Olam, Vehu Nazir Stam. Aviv Nazir Stam, Vehu Nazir Olam, I. The Ki Gemir and Hilchasa Bistam. Uh, what if it's a different type of Naziris? Meaning that the father wanted to be a Nazir Olam and the son a Nazir, a Nazir Stam, a term Nazir. Or, or flip it. In other words, can, can you go ahead and now recycle that money that was set aside by the father if your Naziris is not a perfect match of what your father's Naziris was? Okay. And, and the Gemara says, and I'll follow up with one more question. Let's say dad set aside, set aside money for his Naziris, but let's say, for example, dad became Tame. And now we all know that if you're Tame, so what you have to do is you have to restart your Naziris. But before doing so, we also know that you have to set aside money for, uh, 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 for, for carbon Tumah. Again, that's three, uh, three Karbanas, not the same. A pair of birds, Chatzasola, and a Karbanasham. But still, that's money. And he set aside money for those three carbonos, again, unspecified, and then dad, dad died. Okay, now the son say, good. So that money that was set aside by dad, so I want to use it for my Naziris. Ah, but the son obviously is going to hopefully go through Naziris without becoming Tame. Can he take now dad's Nazir Tuma money and recycle it as Nazir Tara money? Good. Or, 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 and you can flip it around also. Meaning, let's say dad left Nazir Tara money. And the dad, and, and the son now became a Nazir, but became Tame. And now wants to use that money for his Nazir Tuma, uh, Karbanos. Either way. Take, the Gemara says, good. Is, is an in the, is a the different Karbanos, but the money was Tumen. So the money was, un, was unspecified. None, no money was designated for any Karban. It's just a pool of money. So the Gemara says, good. It's a great question. Take, and all these questions. The Gemara, the Gemara leaves all these questions unresolved. That is the end of the fourth parak. Let's recap. Let's review. Okay, what do we see in today's daf? Right. Correct. Correct. But right there. Right. Right. But there. Okay. It's not as the money is not as amorphous as the money that we're describing over here. Let's quickly. Ah, Let's quickly review. Let's recap. So, what do we have over here? Uh, today's daf number one. Machlokus uh, with the father's madir son imposing Nazir's on his son. So uh, until what point in time? So machlokus amongst the Tanaim. Rabbi says thirteen. Rabbi Yehuda says twelve. That's what's called onus nadarim. I'm going to give myself a check for getting it right. Okay, it took took a while, but I got it right. And so the uh, the uh, so those are the the, the the two positions amongst the Tanaim when the father can go ahead and impose Nazir's on his son. Either it's up until thirteen or up until twelve. Good, and the Gemara and the Gemara litigated, 
And the Gemara, and, and we saw a story today at the uh, end of yesterday's daf, going into today's daf with Rabbi Hanina as a child, where the father imposed the zeros on him, and Rabbi Gamliel wanted to do a badika. Again, for each ton of the badika is going to be either whether he got to 12 or whether he got to 13. And then uh, the son said, don't worry, I'm going to be good. Either I'm going to be a Nazir out my father or else myself. And the Gemara then just worked out the technicalities of the story sounds better according to Rebbe or according to Rebbe Yosef Rebbe Yehuda. Uh, Gemara, Gemara favored the story for Rebbe Yosef Rebbe Yehuda, but it could be worked out according to Rebbe as well. And then the technical question of according to Rebbe, what if he becomes a Bar Mitzvah right, right in the middle of his Nazirus? And now what? So uh, that, that becomes problematic. The Gemara says, you're right. Uh, he's going to have to observe Nazirus two 30-day periods. Okay, good. That was the first discussion of today's thought that took us to the Mishnah. And then uh, our Mishnah, last Mishnah, the fourth parak, treated us to the halacha of recycling dad's Nazirus money. Dad's a Nazir. Dad set aside money. Did not specify which money is going to go to which carbon. Maustumim. Maustumim now is left as part of the Yerusha. What the son now could do is that the son could take that money, become a Nazir himself, and use that money for the carbon Nazirus for himself. Good. So recycling dad's money. That's uh, that's our Mishnah. So our Mishnah said that's a case, what I just described is a case in which it works. Which is a case in where it's not going to work? That's where son and father were both Nazirim concurrently. And then dad dies, having already left unspecified money. In such a scenario, the son cannot use dad's money for his own Nazirus. Now, our Mishnah says that that's the Shita Rav Yossi, in terms of when you can and when you cannot recycle dad's Ma'ustumim. In the Gemara, what we clarified are a couple of points. Number one, what's the source of this halacha? Rav Yochanan says, now for the third time in our parak, and for the final time in our parak, halach l'moshe misinai. So a number of halachas Rav Yochanan explained in our parak being halach l'moshe misinai, this being one of them. Good. And then the Gemara says, does it operate like Yerusha? So the Gemara says, like Yerusha. It's not Yerusha. Had it been a Yerusha halacha, so then the daughter can use dad's money and recycle that and use that for her naziris. Right, but Circa. it doesn't it does do, does doesn't work that way. Sorry, uh, it doesn't work that way. In other words, only the son can do it, not the daughter cannot do it. Ah, how do you, if it's Yerusha? Why couldn't the daughter do it if she's the only surviving daughter? So the Gemara says because it's not Yerusha. It's uh, but it behaves like Yerusha. Uh, so the Gemara says if it really behaves like Yerusha, so I got some questions that we're, that we're going to ask, and the parak ended off with questions. Number one, uh, what if there are two sons? Are they splitting the money? Or first come, first serve. Uh, number two, right? That's uh, right. No, number two, if there is a, um, if there is a bechor, okay. Um, if there's a bechor, does it get pishnayim? Okay, question number three, um, does the recycling of the money require a perfect match in terms of the zeros? Right? In other words, father's an Azerstam, son's an Azerstam. Or what if uh, father's an Azerolam and the son's an Azerstam? And it's not a perfect match of Naziros. And finally, uh, the last question, uh, can the money be recycled for uh, the carbonus of an Azertame? Meaning the father was an Azertower, the son wants to use the money, but oh, but unfortunately the son became Tame while being an Azer, and he wants to use that carbon for an Azertame. Can it be recycled for that purpose? On all these questions, take with the Gemara, leaves these questions unresolved.